This is episode 63, Green Feet. We talk to J.W. Bull, author of Pickin' Tomatoes, and the Padre brings us news and a mystery device from CES. Stay tuned! This is the Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves, sometimes known as... We're doing the jingles this week because we got some compliments on the jingles, so... Paul the Book Guy! (laughs) Joined, as always, by our good friend... Professor Alan! Yeah! Yeah! How you doing, Professor? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Glad to be here. Glad to be here myself. And joining us all the way from Washington is our good friend... Father Robert! Fresh from CES. How you doing, buddy? Padre is frozen. <laughs> I'm sure Padre will reconnect at some point. <laughs> Ding, there Almost he is. Almost certain you scared him off. <laughs> always good timing, the Padre. <laughs> and joined as well, well, always by... Sir Jimmy. How you doing, Sir Jimmy, while the Padre reconnects? How you doing? North Carolina. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm doing fantastic. The, the Padre just left Vegas. I hope he left it clean because I'm <laughs> headed out there almost immediately. Nice. Nice. Yeah, the Padre is just back from CES. He's just getting his studio back together. I think he must have pressed the uh, disconnect button by mistake. <laughs> and we are joined this week, gentlemen, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, author of Pickin' Tomatoes, J.W. Bull. How you doing, J.W.? Fine. How you doing, guys? See, I'm, I'm Canadian, so I don't know. Do I call you J.W. or J.W.? Is it? You can call me J.W. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds modish. I like J.W. Perfect. And the Padre is back. Hello, Padre. How are you? Greetings, greetings from the warm, cold, snowy, rainy, sloshy place of D.C. Nice. (laughs) So uh, maybe we're going to start off. uh, We usually start off, J.W., by talking about what we've been reading, what's going on, what's on our Kindles, nightstands. And, of course, we cover other topics on the show. Uh, I used to open the show always by saying we cover books, audiobooks, audio dramas, and podcasts. It's in the the theme song, so we'll let people figure it out on their own. (laughs) Uh, Professor Allen, what's new with you? Oh, uh, not too much. Uh, the semester started, so I'm officially back to professing and uh, enjoying that. And um, what I've been reading, I will cheat and throw in a, a little shout-out here and talk about a blog uh, that I've been reading associated with a podcast, uh, comic book-related, called The Long Box Graveyard, longboxgraveyard.com. And uh, it's a, a guy who's, uh, let's just say, about my age and uh, loves the comics from the 1970s. And that's a lot of what his, what his blog is about. And uh, really enjoying that. And he's got a, a monthly podcast. And on the last one, he uh, said some nice things about the book guys, especially the jingles. That's right. <laughs> you know, How I, much I took do you have to, to that. pay him? Yeah, <laughs> I just said a few, it just cost a few comments on the blog, a couple Twitter retweets, and we were cool. Actually, I listened to the episode where he talked about Book Guys Show, and uh, he was talking about um, Dark Knight Rises, and I really enjoyed, enjoyed the whole episode. I, I was I wasn't really waiting for hey, when's the part where he talks about our show? Because uh, he, he did do it kind of at the end. It was it was great. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take a look into his blog as well, and uh, maybe we'll have him on the show. Yeah, I like it. Very insightful, intelligent. He's he wrote up. Couple dozen comic books back in the '80s, so he knows the the industry well. Uh, just a different perspective. He, he made some uh, um, script improvements to a Dark Knight as well in that episode. I, that I thought, yes. man, why didn't they do that? 
sometimes his writing background does come out. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Sir Jimmy, anything new on the table there? Anything being hollowed out? Well, actually, you know, uh, no. As a matter of fact, it's crazy. <laughs> I just sold a, I sold a great big case. It was 10 encyclopedias all done together. And uh, sold it to a, um, a Chinese couple who are going to use it in their wedding. Okay. Oh, like for, to Oddly put enough. gifts in or something? Okay. Yeah, put the gift cards in. They sort of nice. do it like the Italians where they, they, they give out. Yeah, they make that know, big ornate box. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, kind of neat. So the big book, the big, yeah. A big, the big stack of, of encyclopedias. You open up the top, put your card with the money in it, and it's going to be surrounded by old typewriters and things like that. It's an old-fashioned wedding. That sounds like um, you're going to need a new section for freehollowbooks.com where you just give ideas as to how they can be used. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> something look at his face there. like, "Oh, more web work." No. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> my web my web guy got a real job. He was doing it pro bono. So, uh, w- the way it looks now is the way it's going to stay for a while. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I I did finish reading uh, Kill Decision by Daniel Suarez and we were waiting uh for Robert to get back this week so that we could chat about that a bit. And I've requested for you guys a couple um you know, some some new book to read. I am going to be on the plane for uh, probably you know, 10 to 12 hours over the next week. So, uh, Life of Pi, so Life of Pi, man. Get it into heard, you. Yeah, I hear you on that. That, that seems more like a movie to see than... Uh, the uh, you know, they, they cut out a lot of that movie. They, they cut yeah. out a lot from the book that, uh, you know, well, there's like only Ready so much Player CGI One. Tiger you can afford, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Professor Allen's Ready Player One. Uh, just... Just from seeing the the post apocalyptic world with that trailer up on top of the pile of uh, steel and stuff, it just also a great book. Fancy me, yeah. Being a West Virginia boy, see, most of us cannot picture ourselves stuck in a life raft with a lion, but I think every single one of us can imagine being stuck in a trailer park in West Virginia. Yes, <laughs> you should be so lucky. <laughs> and Padre, you're fresh from uh, CES, and uh, have you had any time to read on the go? I, you know, I've been doing an audio book uh, because I knew I was I, – I actually decided that since I was going back to the West Coast, I was going to drive from San Francisco to Vegas and make a couple of stops along the way, shoot some video. And so I, uh, I wanted a longer, long-ish type audio book. And so the one I chose with my free Audible credit, which I got uh, from the book guys. Ah, audible.com. Um, uh, what is it? Bookguys.ca slash audible. <laughs> Paul, Paul, what is that link again? Because, you know, I just saved me tons of money. You can actually go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys. There's so many of them. <laughs> when you get, okay. get a free book just for signing up. <laughs> and with my free credit, I chose um, uh, the latest Tom Clancy book, Threat Vector, which, uh, you know, I am I'm a big Clancy fan. He was some of the very first uh, techno thriller fiction that I ever read, along with um, uh, Dale Brown. And uh, it's, it's a decent book. It, it, the funny thing is the characters are all aging. So the characters that he started with right. are getting to the point that they're retiring or they've got major problems with their body. It, it's it's kind of... It, which so which I cool. love. I'm glad he's not retconning it like, you know, like a James Bond who, you know, started yeah. off in the 40s and ends up in 2013 without aging. Like, same like Superman, all these other characters. I mean, other than Batman, who has gone through some changes like in the comic book world. I'm glad that uh, Clancy's doing that with his characters. Yeah. Moving them forward. Now, one, thing, one thing I will say is it's obvious that he's been uh, influenced by some of the most recent fiction that has gone whole hog into the idea of cyber warfare and how dependent we are on data, big data coming back from uh, you know our our networks. 
And uh, that's that's a major plot device. I, I will say one thing for a little spoiler, little tiny little spoiler, and that is uh, he uses a vulnerability in his book that uh, geeks like myself and uh, Darren Kitchen from Revision 3 have been explaining for the past seven years. And that is these little USB keys that right. you just pick up. You know, you see them everywhere, these little uh, USB drives. How easy it is for me to write a script on this thing so that when you plug it into your computer, I will infect you no matter what. You PC, Mac, right. boom, I've got you. Like, like, so is, is, it, is it that difficult to disable the auto run on these things? It really isn't, but nobody does it. Right. Okay. Nobody does it. Yeah. And uh, our good friend here, JW, is there anything yep. new? Uh, have you been reading anything lately? I, I actually like all the books you guys have been talking about. Um, oddly enough, I mean, clip, but I read more kind of, I, I read guidebooks. I have two teenage boys, and my husband is a guy like you guys, and so I, I tend to kind of read, we, we tend to read the same kind of stuff. So I like Clancy, too. <laughs> hey, girls like Clancy, too. No, you, you know, we, I found that there's, there's no such thing some, as a... I read some chiclet too, but let's yeah. just keep that a secret. There's no such thing as a, a book for men or a book for women. I mean, uh, maybe Fifty Shades of Grey might be an exception, but... <laughs> uh, I, I will admit to some good, some good chiclet. I love a good chiclet, but especially if it makes me cry, you know, in, in like a cold room with a warm blanket. I just, ah, uh, there's something that's cathartic about it. You're, you're messing with us now. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Pa- yeah. Padre sits down. Turns on the audiobook and it's all romance. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, romance is you know what? Let's let's go on. We're going to talk about fiction, fiction, fiction. And JW, you are the author of Pickin' Tomatoes. Uh, now tell us what is Pickin' Tomato? What's it all about? It is. Um, it's a smart ass book. It's a smart ass chiclet book. <laughs> Um, I, I started writing a book. Um, now that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I started writing a book in 2006. Um, we were going through some uh, financial difficulties. I was at the grocery store, and I picked up one of those, you know, fluffy paperbacks, and I thought, this is crap. I could do this. And so I started writing, and um, I started as the chef of hearts. And um, it was, I wanted it to be about a woman, middle-aged, kind of, um, reinventing herself and it kind of um started out making fun of men in the kitchen (laughs) and so um from there through the years it it got picked up by a few agents it kind of morphed into other things got dropped by some houses and then i finally figured out i needed an editor and it became picking tomatoes so that's where i am now very nice and where where are you from you're in uh atlanta I'm from Atlanta, but I grew up in Virginia, not West Virginia, but Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay, and Pickin' oh, Tomatoes, is that your first? Right. Sorry. Go who's ahead, the, Jim. Who's the, other big, who's the other big author up there from Charlottesville? John Grisham. John Grisham. Oh, oh, I'm tight with John Grisham. Okay. Yeah, I'm at John yeah. Grisham, J.W. Bowe. Yeah, there you go. People, I just use them in the same sentence. People, <laughs> I want to offer, offer some instant props because of the last sentence that you said there, and that is, you realized you needed an editor because you know what? There are so many who don't who think that's that's a that's a hangover and they can hold over and they can just get rid of that. The fact that I, you you yeah. sought out an editor, oh my gosh, so much yes. respect. Yes. Well, I, you know, in t- I I, I kind of knew it in two thousand six, but I kept thinking I could do it myself, and then I finally, you know, it was like I was in therapy. I realized I am a flawed writer and I need help. So I finally figured it out. <laughs> I also like the fact that you 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 read a book and you're reading books and you're going, this is crap. I can do better. 
That's kind of yeah. like when. Well, and it's, it, <laughs> I gotta say that it, it gets the more I write, the better it is. Um, I think I have. It's. It, I'm a musician, and you guys obviously are because you just sang in perfect harmony a few minutes ago. <laughs> I was really impressed with that. Um, but so I think I have an ear for a voice, but I'm lacking some of the um, some of the technique, right. and so I'm learning that along the way. And so it's a work in progress, but it's it's come along. And I'm I, I'm just hypothesizing here, but I'm guessing that the musician background means you're not scared of practice. Uh, you know, I get doing something again no. and again. Oh, yes. yeah. I, I am a violin teacher. That's what I do for a profession um, in, in reality. Mm-hmm. And um, I play in a symphony on the side, um, semi-pro. And so I am, I've been labeled by my violin students as the drill master. And my <laughs> husband has actually come into the, my music room and said, it's time for you to come out of there now. Because, I mean, I'll do it again and again and again. And I'm a little bit obsessive. I imagine that translates into a willingness to rewrite, a recognition that you know, the first draft is not it, the best, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yes, it means I'm stubborn and bring it. I can take it. Well, I was saying that in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, but Stephen King said that the difference between an amateur and a professional is the amateur will sit there for years and years and years and you know, writer's block and thinking about, well, what should I write about? And he goes, a professional just sits down, starts writing and sorts it all out later. That's Got to that go and so do it for that hour or two hours, three hours a day, no matter what. I mean, this podcast didn't, I mean, this is a little bit better than it used to be. Believe it, believe it or not. We just keep <laughs> going at it. You know, no one's kicked us off iTunes yet. So we just keep plugging away at it. Yeah, but that's your charm. You guys have a charm of this spontaneity thing going, and that works for you. Don't change that. <laughs> Lack of show prep. You called it wait, spontaneity. Wait, 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 we, like we have it. a charm? Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here on your site picking P-I-C-K-I-N tomatoes. It's not P-I-C-H. It's not pitching. <laughs> picking. P-I-C-K-I-N, sorry, tomatoes.com. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah nice, uh, nice site. Paul's Very well put eat. together. Uh, you know, I, I figured out how to do that. It took me about, I, I'm not like you guys. I'm not brainy and I'm not a, a computer person. And it took me quite a long time to figure out how to do that. But I did it. I did it on my own. So, Hey, okay. you've got some great kudos here on, on the book. And I'm just reading the thing here. Uh, Maggie Malone, love it. Uh, JW, while he's uh, reading that, I would be remiss. My wife would kill me if she, I didn't ask you since you're from Charlottesville. Did you ever eat at a restaurant called Goodfellas? Was it downtown by the by the um, the university? I don't think it was far hmm. from there. Well, no, it, I it, did it not. Was Italian it good? Place. Uh, yeah, the best fettuccine Alfredo in the world, according to my wife, who's really? been all over several states searching it out. <laughs> well, you know, even though I I grew up, I it was only my um, my early years in Charlottesville, and then I went to boarding school, and then I went to Furman, and so really my later years I wasn't in Charlottesville, so I wouldn't be probably. So she's from Charlottesville. She knows Charlottesville. No, but I used to uh, I used to have to go there for work, and she went with me once, and somebody told us about that place. So. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. Yeah, we are spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, JWC on the website? You've got uh, you've got a second book at least in the hopper or somewhere in in preparation. Mm-hmm. Where's the Where's the second novel? Where's it at? What's it shaping up to be? You know, I'm about two-thirds of the way done, and um, it really annoys my mom because I don't know what's going to happen. It's a a mystery, and it's the same smart-ass kind of tone as the first one. Um, It's like her cousin. I'm trying to figure out how to tie it together. I think it's a random cousin with the same kind of voice, but she's younger, and it's about music. 
and it's a mystery and I have not fil- figured out who the, the, the killer is yet. <laughs> nice. I'm just going along. I'll, I'll figure it out one of these. Days. Well, I like that you're bringing that's, music that's into it. That's what the last chapter's for. You know, there you uh, go. There you uh, go. Write about what you know and you bringing music into it, I'm sure it's going to make it very interesting. You know, I, I love that. And it's, it's about um, Irish, Irish fiddling and also symphony. And um, I'm really, you guys were talking about an audio book. Um, one of you guys were, um, and my next audio book, I did the Picking Tomatoes on audio book, but I would actually would love to, for the next audio book, have a little opening thing, kind of like yours, but you guys have a, a real professional, distinct. Um, yeah, that, w- that was produced song. by uh, Jeff Smith, G E O F F Smith.com. Uh, he's a, a wonderfully talented artist out of um, out of Nashville. Well, I, I loved it. I thought it was great, and I thought it'd be cool to have a little Irish fiddling right before the audiobook started. And I, I might do that. So nice, very nice. Yeah. We are all we are all big connoisseurs of of audiobooks, and I like when they add. It doesn't have to be a full production, but like you said, a little bit of music, you know, yeah. at the at the beginning of each chapter or something yeah, like that. A, a yeah, a little bit I, of I like old that. school. The thing is, you have to have a copyright. I think copyright is, right. is a problem, and so sure. I'd have to write it, sure. which would be a problem. So yes, I'm sure you could find some public domain. I'm sorry, I, I want to ask the question. You know, we're talking about audiobooks here, and one of the things that's possible with audiobooks is it doesn't just have to be a reading of the written page. Uh, you're a musician. You uh, you teach yeah. violin, and obviously you're in a symphony, so you you know how to play it quite well. Have you thought about integrating that at all? And you have access to a symphony versions of your book. Yeah. Into what? I'm sorry. Integrating that into into uh, an audiobook. I, I have, but the problem with that, at least what I'm thinking is that um, I would probably run into copyright problems. Any songs, and so therefore I got I'd have to write it myself. Or I'd have to, um, I don't know, I'd have to get to work. I think it'd be a problem, copyright. Right? I'm, am I thinking that's yeah, uh, thing you I could, You could look for older music that is public um, domain. Public, public domain. domain. Yeah, if you just put, put into, uh, I believe, pdmusic.org. Um, let's take a look. Yeah, so 19th public century. public domain, anybody can play it and record it? That's correct. Absolutely. That, that the the performances okay. right. can be copyright. So if, like, the London Symphony Orchestra does some music from uh, Paul Bliss or... I'm just looking, you know, whatever, Heinrich, whatever. Uh, that performance is copyright, but the uh, the song itself is not. So if you could get your symphony together and, uh, you know, they can give you a hand. Well, and... I wouldn't get the symphony together, but I could maybe <laughs> do me and a few other people. Yeah, so. that'd be great. Yeah, that's why that's, that's why you see a Shakespeare movie made every few years because it's free. Right. <laughs> oh, good that point. is true. Yeah, good point. So, Pickin' Tomatoes by J.W. Bull. Check it out at pickintomatoes.com. Is there anywhere else we can reach you? Is there a Twitter, Twitter, any of that stuff? I, you know, I do have a, a Twitter feed. Um, doesn't that sound professional? I, as I was writing the book, um, I had not done Twitter or Facebook um, ever in my life until I started writing this and until I, I got the editor last year. And so as the character was figuring out how to do it in the book, I was figuring it out. So I, nice. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, so I, I do have it at Picking Tomatoes. I think it is on Twitter. Um, and then I have a Facebook account too. Just it's the um, the book site. I can't friend anybody. Um, it's just you know a professional okay. book site thing. So nice, nice. Yeah, and that is taking that. right. So that is taking right what you know a little seriously, right? That's right. You're learning it as yeah. you're writing about it. And speaking yeah. right, right, what you know. Thank you so much, JW. Because as we were talking about that, 
uh, the light bulb went over my head. I don't know if you guys saw it on the video. I was like, I was trying to figure out what one of my characters in, in the fiction book I'm writing does. And I just wrote down here, Gunther Schnack is a podcaster. It writes itself because I know how there this crap go. works. <laughs> so, JW, will you stick around with us for the whole show and uh, talk some books yep. and stuff with us? Great. Yep, sounds good, guys. Fantastic. Uh, do you gentlemen want to go into Padre, you look like you're dying to talk about some gadgets. You want to do that later? You want to do book news first? What do you want? Oh, he's, he's oh, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I can, I can hold on for a while longer. It doesn't look like you can hang on. Do we have, we have a technology jingle? <laughs> right, well, here we go. Fresh from CES, ladies and gentlemen, Father Robert Balliser. <laughs> That's right. CES, uh, what was it? 150,000 people, 3,200 different vendors, 20,000 different product announcements, and uh, that just about that many sicknesses, flus, colds, and coughs. <laughs> nice. This will be the first time in 17 years that I have not come back from CES absolutely dog sick. <laughs> I am going to guess, I'm, I'm going to guess one licensed clergyman. So, uh, yeah, Actually, see, here's the thing. I kept getting stopped probably every five or so minutes as we were roaming over the halls with my film crew. Uh, you know, people, fans of Twit or people who had heard of me, I'm absolutely sure they would not have recognized my face, but they do recognize the caller. So that's the, that's the digital Jesuit thing. And how that's, many marriages did you conduct? Just that's, uh, that, that's what one of the things that's about Vegas. That's right. That's right. Well, it, it's, that stays in Vegas. Sorry. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I'd love to tell you, but no. No, it's like no, what happens before the, the show stays before the show. Exactly. Now, uh, actually, no, there were some amazing uh, devices that were announced. Have, have you, any of you heard of the Happy Fork by Happy Labs? Happy Fork. What does that the do? Happy Fork. Okay, I'm almost so afraid to like ask the Japanese. priest. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's actually stranger than it sounds. So it's, it's created by a, a company called Happy Labs. This is one of the big buzzes out of CES. I don't know why. It was the very first product I covered at the, at the show. Um, it's Bluetooth connected, so it, it does all the telemetrics things. It, it will connect to your phone. It will say how many times you've eaten, and it will even try to keep track of how many bites you've taken. But the big feature... Does it tweet it? Yeah, no, no. It's, tweet, it's not like that infernal, that infernal um, scale, weight scale that uh, Leo has. The Y things, yeah, yeah. No, I, we, we went there too. Okay. No, no, but what it does is if you eat too fast... So it, it's actually it's it's timing how often it touches your lips. If you eat too fast, the fork starts to vibrate. <laughs> you see, no, I heard about that. I actually heard about that fork. Yes, I couldn't right. do that. If my fork told me to stop eating so fast, I would burn it. I'd kill it with fire. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would just keep eating out of defiance. No, no <laughs> screw you. Is it plastic? It's plasticky. <laughs> I, 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 hey. I put it in my mouth. And then I realized I wasn't sure if they had cleaned it from the last person, so right. I was regretting no, that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. And JW, so that, your your uh, your dog is joining us. How many dogs do you have? That I have two dogs, and um, nice. one of them's a fifteen year old overweight beagle that's feeling a little spunky. That oh, uh, what are their names? They're Hershey. welcome on the show anytime. What are their names? Hershey and Chocolate Chip. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Paul has the Wondercat somewhere in the studio. Oh, she's at home. Oh, I would like to make the announcement. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Uh, Sparky was getting a little chubby. She did get out in the Frankenstorm for two days. Oh. In that, like, and I mean, over here, the wind was so much, it was like blowing signs off stores and killing people. Um, and she got pregnant. So I figured she was pregnant, so I brought her home just in case. And yes, we are now the proud owners of four 
uh, Sparky four, Juniors. Four Sparkies. <laughs> There's one, yeah, one a little bit more. We talked about uh, that on the, yeah. on the episode. We talked about her getting out and being gone, and you, so, you uh, was wondering. Well, one of them is a little bit more uh, alert than the other, so I think he's going to come back here to the studio as uh, Sparky Jr. Sparky the Wonder Cat 2. The Sparky Sparkinator. The Sparkinator. I, the Sparkinator. I, I, yes. I do want to show off a little something something here. This is, this is actually, a, you can't tell, it's a battery pack. Now, the cool thing about this is it's 6.8 milliamp hours of power. This is enough to charge your iPhone four and a half times over. Or four and to and give your times? iPad. Yeah, four and a half times. Nice. Or to give your iPad 50% charge. Now, the cool thing about this is these are 10-watt ports. Uh, I know you can't hear it because you're listening, but imagine uh, it, it's about the size of my fist. It has two ports at the top, so I could charge two iPads at the That's same brilliant. time. Yeah, it's a great little thing to have you know, in the car when you're with your kids, but... That would fit better. in the pocket of my new uh, 11th Doctor coat. Just That's saying. right. We'll, we'll have to work something out here. Because, yeah, this actually... Uh, <laughs> Where do we get a sonic one? sonic screwdriver into here. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> don't, don't make me pull it out. This comes with it. This... Oh! oh. You, can't it, you can't tell because it's an audio podcast, but imagine we've got a USB cable here. Right. That's uh, about six inches long, which is actually the ideal length because anything longer than that and you start losing power to resistance. That's what she said. That's, that's what she said. <laughs> but <laughs> it works with uh, all these different types of devices. So right now, this is the standard 30-pin iPod dock. But you uh, pull out one segment. Oh, and look now at that. It's the, uh, a, a micro USB. Pull out the next segment. Lightning, lightning. And and now it's uh, I uh, uh, what do you call it a mini USB mini and okay. there is a lightning connector. There is one. Okay, that's neat. There is one. So it's it's front to back connectors. It's sort of like a digital centipede. Good lord, that that Ooh. would be, seriously <laughs> that's something you can carry in your coat pocket and get four times a uh, charge out of your phone. That'd be great for that's hikers right. too and people who are away from the grid camping. Camping. I mean that gives you even with heavy use, you know, a whole week of uh, using your phone. Great. Right. And what's it called again, no, Padre? This one is from Energy. This is the Energy Power Cell Duo. Uh, yeah, look it up. I mean, uh, Energy is not the cheapest power pack out there, but they're definitely the highest quality. I mean, these things last forever. Uh, I've dropped them and, uh, you know, kind of crushed them, and they, they just keep on going. You know, and if the folks at Energy are, are watching or, 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 sorry, are listening, yeah, book guys, yeah, yeah. paulthebookguide.com. Here's a little <laughs> something. So, that one's interesting, Father, just because, um, you know, we thought that the – you know, the secret would be better battery technology, but maybe the secret is better recharging technology. Recharging. I mean, that, that I mean, may be great. You know, where the secret is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you're bringing a Kindle, let's say on a long hike, recharge your Kindle. You know, I mean, then again, a Kindle lasts like you know thirty days. Right. Right. Now, here's something for any um, iOS device users, iPhones or iPads. Uh, one of the biggest complaints is uh, that you um, you run out of space. I mean, you got 16, you got 32 meg- uh, gigabytes right. of memory. You, you want to store a little something extra, especially if, let's say, you're going on a trip, you've got kids, you want to have enough entertainment to keep them occupied. Uh, just get them plants versus zombies. They're, they're set. Plants or, or games, right. <laughs> right. But this is, this is a little something, something. This is from, Kensing, uh, from uh, Kingston. This is called the Y-Drive Plus, the mobile life. So first of all, it is a battery pack. So this will charge up your iPad or your iPod. But it's also, it acts as a Wi-Fi hotspot. You can plug in flash drives or media cards and immediately access any of the data on your iPhone or your iPad. Share it with up to, I believe it's five people. So you can have one of these things in a car and everyone can be reading the wow. you know, movies and music off of this device. 
Uh, very and, neat. And, and it's actually very reasonably priced. I believe it's about uh, 40 bucks. Not bad. That is, that is really neat. Now, does it have like a power? Uh, can you like power it off the vehicle so that? Yeah. Yeah. So you just power, uh, plug it in right. It's got a, a little micro USB mm-hmm. connector here. You plug that into uh, uh, any device that you might have that can, that can provide 5-volt, right. 10-watt power. Uh, and uh, boom, you're good to go. Very nice. Okay, so you want to know the idea that I have since you're like the, the techno guy and you love all these gadgets? Yes, please. Okay, so if I had a billion dollars to make this, this is what I'd do. I would come up with a shoe, I'd call it green shoes, that had some kind of, um, in the heel, the more you walk, um, it stores energy and you could charge your phone in your shoe. Brilliant. Yeah, actually, uh, we have something like that. I, I did not. I did not bring back a sample with me, but there's an outdoors company. It looks like a baton, and you put it in your backpack or in your pocket, and the motion of walking, it actually moves a magnet past a set of okay, coils. But that's not as actually... cool as green shoes. Green okay, shoes. Green, green feet. Shoes. Green feet. Even better. Green feet. <laughs> nice. You, see, you got to you got to copyright that. You got to trademark that. There right you now. go. Yes. There you go. There we go. I know I'm Walmart is. Too late. Uh... I'm registering it. Walmart is actually um, Walmart is testing right now uh, walkways that uh, kind of like a seesaw where you're, but very it doesn't go very deep. But as you're walking, you're creating energy, and they're powering, uh, getting a lot of power for these WalMarts from these things. They stole it from my green feet. Uh, I think so. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think so. We have patent infringement, I think, at that point. Now, yeah. Padre, the, the biggest question I always have for every CES is: is my flexible piece of paper? That is a book reader. Is that alive? Is that happening? When can I buy one? Uh, uh, okay, you could buy one absolutely, absolutely right now. You could go out to yes. one of these companies and you could get it. It would cost about $10,000. Bollocks. And it would require <laughs> a backpack uh, of electronics. Ah. So the flexible display technology is actually there. We saw several examples at Showstoppers, at CES Unveiled, on right. the show floor. But the problem is they don't have a really good way to apply the technology yet. So they, they know how to print out the circuits for displays on the flexible substrates. Right. But you're, you're going to have a couple of problems. The first is most of them are transparent, which means oh. you don't have any backing, um, which also means that there's no lighting. So you actually have to hold it with a light source behind it in order to be able to read it. Otherwise, yeah. it's just dark. Right. The other problem is the electronics required to drive that those are not flexible, so they have to be kept someplace else. They're not part of the display, uh, which means that's why you have to carry a backpack, or you have to have like a bar attached to the bottom of your flexible display, which kind of defeats the purpose right. of having a flexible display. No, I just got a tweet from uh, Yakov Shmirnov, who's listening to the show on the back end. He said, uh, in Soviet Russia, Escalator walks you. <laughs> hang, hang on sir jimmy i gotta find it where is it no i don't have it anymore oh, oh I need it. there we go okay i'll have it on the ready now <laughs> uh, oh speaking of escalators did you guys see that video i believe it was from atlanta from the uh from atl of an escalator that malfunctioned no no. So you've got you've got a video of, of a guy. He's taking it. He, he's on the down escalator, and there's, there's people coming up on the up escalator. Suddenly, the up escalator reverses. And, oh no! You know, people are jarred, and but then it starts speeding up. It's going faster and oh, faster. Good Lord. And it's dumping people off the bottom of the That's escalator. And there's people oh. who are running just to try to keep pace. I actually saw when I was a kid. At, uh, I was working at the CN Tower at a an attraction called Tour of the Universe. I was Commander One. I was the head of security. The fictional. 
my, my actual job title was actor, but uh, one of the escalators, um, it, it didn't malfunction. Just two idiots, instead of walking away from the elevator when they got to the bottom, stood there. Then the two people behind them tripped oh, over them. <laughs> and it was a, the pileup was so big that you couldn't get to the emergency stop button. Right. Eventually, right. like, someone in the pile got to it. But by the time, they, it was like, it was awful. It was like 20 people like, broke That's legs. Horrible. And, That's horrible. Oh, folks, when you get off an escalator, get oh, away from the damn the thing. The sweater gets caught in it and they start getting squeezed. <laughs> yeah. We, we're nothing if not, uh, you know, tangent worthy here, JW. <laughs> I'm very good about going on tangents. I'm, I'm good with tangents. It's all about tangents. Spontaneity. Yeah. yeah. Now, wait, before we get off this tangent, I want to do one last thing because there's a, there's a bit on this, and that is. Again, I know you can't see this on the audio feed, but I, I, for all the hosts right now and guests who can see it, okay. I'm, a screen can I'm going full screen. Here we go. As to what I'm holding up right now. Uh, uh, it's, a it's a green shoe. It's a green shoe. It generates electricity while you walk. It's, it's green a- feet. No, I'll tell you what it is. I, I know what it is. Those are, those are solar panels on top. Okay. USB, USB body wash. USB body wash. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Barbie trampoline. Okay, I'm just looking at it. Doesn't, uh, it almost okay, looks like a battery that goes USB in a drill. Port. Is that a the happy portable port Wi-Fi router? Uh, speakers. Speakers. Uh, it's the, it's like the new speaker. Google Glasses. It's like a green oh, eyes. No, no, no. You look in it. You look in it. It's an eye thing. Ah! No a USB way. scuba mask. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let the suspense out. This... Aquaman needs that. Yeah, actually, actually, yes, very close to Aquaman. Believe it or not, this is a hydrogen fuel cell. Ah. So this is a portable like a promise of hydrogen power. So it runs off of water. You put water into this little reservoir right here. Okay. It has a puck, a little teeny tiny puck that's filled with, I think it's sodium silicate. When the water reacts with that, it releases hydrogen. The hydrogen is in, then pumped into this little unit which turns that hydrogen into enough power over four hours to charge your iPhone, uh, mobile device, emergency locator. Now that's uh, good for a camper or hiker. <laughs> this is good. The nice thing about this. Oh, no, I, I you took get it this on the, on plane. the plane. I took this on the plane. So they, they knew what it was. Yeah, and they just tell TSA, it. yeah, this thing creates <laughs> hydrogen gas. Plastic fork, no. Strange bomb-like device, Yes. Yes, yes. TSA. You so, from, from Moose and Squirrel. From Moose and Squirrel. So, so there, was a, there was a company at an electronic show that sold you something and told you to pour water in it. I don't, that doesn't sound like a scam to me. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a company called... Uh, I've tried Power that with some laptops. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, no. That's the nice thing about this. It's scalable. So there's, there's what's called a PEM, a proton exchange membrane in here. And you can stack them, and every one you add, you get more and more power from that hydrogen. Oh my God, Paul, don't do that. Paul is. Oh, right I've now, already done it. This, this is the this is the uh, former podcast studio uh, MacBook Pro that I spilled a rum and coke in. It, oh. it holds down. It holds down the my checks now. Did you bring <laughs> it to a Genius Bar? I'm going to. I think it's going to be a uh, $700 repair at least. Because uh, the last time I poured a rum and coke into it, they said we'll fix it this time. Next time, you're going to have to pay the $700, so I'm going to get that fixed next no, week. No, this time, tell them it wasn't a rum and coke. It was a Jack and Coke. I'll say it was okay, someone so I else. Wonder, I wonder if you could take that computer the minute you dumped your rum and coke on it and then cover it with rice because doesn't rice absorb I, the moisture? I pulled the battery out. I threw I rice on it. Advice 
I have gotten right, that yeah. advice on on and actually worked on an iPod once. Yes, yes. Oh, I've had it work on plenty of things, but the problem is the gooey sugar. Yeah, the funny thing was, not only did I have rice on it, I had a a little uh, hot air gun. Water's okay, the other. So so I get this hot air gun going over it lightly, and then I got like an emergency phone call. It was like a personal family emergency. Like people are calling me, call 911, why are you calling me? I can't help you. (laughs) Anyway, I'm on the phone, I'm not paying attention, my hand's going a little bit lower, and I... I got the thing too close to the keyboard, so like six of the keyboards uh, keys popped off later because they were all melted. <laughs> They're gonna love me when I walk into that Apple store. They're not miracle workers, folks. They're not miracle workers. Hey, it helps to have a good story and cry and be humble. It's a good point. Bring onions. That doesn't always work. That does cry. not always work. If you cry and have a good story and try and flash a pretty smile, that does not always work. I find that they they are pretty they're pretty good to you hey, at the Apple Store. So it it worked for me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Hello. I just I flash a little leg, and that's typically that they'll there fix you anything that I want. Okay, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Padre has nice legs, from what I hear. See, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, let me get out of full screen here because I'm, I'm, I'm losing it uh, we are going to uh, Sir Jimmy wants to talk of course about the book that he finished Daniel Suarez Kill Decision now how, how uh, future forward is it, Sir Jimmy should I play fiction science fiction oh no it's, it's probably happening right now alright there you go fiction. fiction fiction it's happening right now well, Kill Decision, a book by Daniel Suarez, uh, it starts out um, pretty much there's this, this woman who's researching ants in Africa, um, weaver ants that have uh, a bunch of strange uh, properties. They, they sort of live as one big community and work together, and they, they swarm, and they have like one mind. They all work together, and she's studying these things, and she's you know, developed computer models based on it. And somebody wants to kill her and take it and then use it to fly drones around to kill other people. Uh, that's, you know, that's uh, one of the things about the, the drones. Uh, the biggest thing about them now is uh, the security because you're looking at uh, unconfirmed, of course, that one that uh, Iran got a hold of because they just started, you know, a broadcasting offset GPS coordinates oh, see, and but made that's it land. The beauty of these. That's the beauty of these. They have their. Should I not say that, Robert? Oh, no, no. I was, I was, I was uh, going for, for Paul. I was saying, actually, what we found out was it broke. Okay. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the drone actually just, it just broke. No, but um, to, to Sir Jamie's so You're point, believing that story? Well, no, see, I'm, not, I'm not believing anything from the government. I actually have a couple of colleagues who work. George Carlin says that's always a good thing. Don't believe anything from the government. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they were telling me uh, that basically, look... Um, it's never going to happen now because now they've, they've basically they've reprogrammed the thing so that right. if it ever loses its way, it does a nosedive. It blows itself up. Okay, because well, before, before it would uh, try to go home and land on the carrier it came from or its base. So it's a suicide drone? <laughs> basically. Well, no, that, nice. to, to, to Sir Jimmy, here's the coolest thing. The, the book is based in technology we have right now. And uh, imagine... It's not that the drone is super capable. It's actually a dead simple drone. But now let's take thousands of them, tens of thousands of them, make them cheaply, and give them an intelligence that knows that there's a hive so that it could lose a couple of hundred, but it could still continue its right. mission 
because its mission is to de- to destroy a, a target. Yeah, um, and there's not there's not one guy in an air conditioned trailer that's controlling these. They they're they're autonomous. Autonom- almost reminds me of the uh, the nano swarms from uh, that's exactly Neil Stevenson's what I was uh, Snow Crash. Who wrote this book? Who wrote Kill Decision? Daniel Suarez. Okay, my my husband would love that book. That, yeah. that sounds Any, anything great. by Suarez really. What was the first one we started on uh, Suarez? It was um, we. Uh, Freedom, yeah, what was before that? No, freedom, and before that was, um, oh my goodness, hold on, it's on my, it's on my uh, audio thing. It was Damon, uh, Demon, 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 yes. right, Demon, yeah, Demon, then Freedom, yeah. It's Daniel Swartz is he's sort of the uh, the new hot thing in techno thrillers, and hmm. um, the, the the idea behind the title of the book, Kill Decision, is we already have drones that have weapons attached to them that will automatically target things. Like, for example, in, in, I, uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan, we have a system that has a 50 caliber weapon slaved to a system of microphones so that if it hears sniper fire, it will automatically aim right back down at where the, the sniper, right. fire, sniper fire came from. But because we want to keep a human in the loop, there's a button that someone has to press for it to return fire. It would be trivial to say, no, if you hear sniper fire, return fire immediately. That's right. the kill decision. Okay. So we take that kill decision away from humans, and we let the machine do it on its own. Yeah, there, there's the book. There's the book. Scary. That sounds good, actually. Now, when we talk to Dan Hampton, author of Viper Pilot, his memoir of his time in the Air Force, yes. remember, he was not so wild about drones, so I think he might... Uh, he he kind of dismissed them because have a, yeah. they're, they're so... Uh, they're made of plastic. I mean, they're, they can't survive in a, in a combat situation. These drones that are operating now are in right. non-combat situations. I mean, they're, True. They are, they're making kill decisions in countries where, you know, you're not at war with them. Uh, and there's no anti-aircraft fire. Because if there was any anti-aircraft fire, these things go down. Um, I think that was his whole thing. But uh, as these things get more advanced and capable of doing what an F-16 does, uh, you know, what was it? Send out some chaff, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, as soon as they they can survive in a anti-aircraft situation, these things are going to get yeah. out of hand. Well, yeah, the scary thing about that is, yeah, uh, drones are definitely less capable than a, a human in, a, in an F-22. I mean, that that is a scary, scary combination of F-22 is just scary. <laughs> it's, a scary it's a it scary plane. But, I mean, for the price of an F-22, I can purchase a thousand drones. Right. Are you telling me an F-22 is going to take out a thousand drones before one of the drones gets lucky? And when well, he says yeah. that, he means he, Father Robert, could buy a thousand drones is actually what he means. Maybe not after today with the Obama thing. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. Whole gun thing. I don't uh, know. You know, uh, Sir Jimmy, why don't we take a, a quick listen to a very short clip from the audiobook, Kill Decision, and uh, there we go. To about a quarter billion people, Lazo offered the printed report again. According to geeks, you've got the closest tale, sir. Okay, I got it. I got it. Jordan grabbed the printout and clicked on one of the three LCD monitors on his desk. He brought up GCCS, the global command and control system that tracked the real-time location of all friendly forces in the field. He scrolled the map view of his sector and noted the tail number of his Predator drone nearest the radar contact. He then clicked through another screen to establish an encrypted satellite radio link to the drone operators in Nevada. 
Kodar Tree, Kodar Tree, we are tracking a gopher slow and in the weeds. I need tail 107 to come off current target and move south. Check your feed. MCR, out. He typed the AWACS info and destination MGRS coordinates into a chat window directed to the pilot's handle. He waited several moments. Copy that, MCR. Proceeding to grid tree 8, Sierra, Mike, Bravo, 1-2-3-9-0-8-0-8. Jordan and Lazo looked up at the large screen above them as the image switched from the car bombing to another scene entirely. A tan, flat horizon. It was eight hours later in Iraq, mid-morning, and the horizon leaned right as tail 107 yawed over the brown ancient city of Karbala at an altitude of 9,000 feet. At that height, the drone would be inaudible and all but invisible to casual observers on the ground. Each predator system consisted of a... He's awesome. What would you think, Sir Jimmy, of the reading? Jeff Gurner, he's the one who did Demon. Uh, I haven't read uh, Freedom yet, but I I did listen to Demon on uh, Audible, and uh, he was awesome. Oh, can't hear you, Sir Jimmy. Jimmy, come back. I'm I'm muted myself. I muted myself out of courtesy. Okay, we'll edit it in post. Oh, that's right. We know we will. Well, I I love Jeff Gurner, but I, I tell you what, the last three books that I've listened to have all been him. I'm I'm kind of anxious for a, a new voice, but I, I hate for it to be somebody worse. <laughs> hey, you know what? Roll with it. What you can do in Audible is go uh, to the search bo- box and just type in. If you really enjoy the way someone's reading something, you want to spend some more time with them, <laughs> type in the... I, uh, I thought the narrator's voice actually took away from the story. Did you? I, I, I could have gone for a different kind of caliber of voice. Oh, Okay. Well, what did you See, think, that's Sir Jimmy? Why, that's I mean, why we need you know, a, a new perspective. We do, you know, uh, because uh, I, I didn't mind because it, it's a, a military-type uh, description he's doing. He sounded kind of, you know, like a guy, uh, you know, wearing a uniform. I guess it's, it's a personal thing because that's why, that's why some of the uh, books on Audible uh, are available with multiple narrators, as in uh, different versions. There's a lot of books on Audible like that where you can uh, listen to one voice and say, well, I don't want to hear this person talk for, you know, 14 hours. You can just look over to the other side and, oh, well, he sounds great. And I guess it's a personal uh, choice thing. Well, like, you know, the, the Ender series with the multiple voices, I think that was, you know, optimal. Love the Ender series. Orson Scott Card, if you're still listening, love to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he lives here in my town. Let's have lunch. So kill decision, Sir Jimmy, thumbs up so far or some thumbs down, thumbs up? Oh, thumbs up. I'm done with it. Yeah, absolutely. I recommend it. I'm putting Thank it on my... Robert. I'm going to listen to Freedom, of course, first to finish that off. And uh, then Kill Decision. Yeah, I'm in. Two words. Predator drones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gentlemen, we, if gentlemen I, if and I ladies... the president. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been well past half mark. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, let everybody refill their drinks and all that, and we'll come back with some book news. To finish off the show, give me one sec. Here we go, Dan Hampton, just because we talked about it. Here we go. Hello, everybody. This is Dan Hampton, better known as Two Dogs. I am the author of Viper Pilot, and you are listening to The Book Guys. Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to The Book Guys. And we are back. Everyone's refilled their drinks, sharpened their pencils, and it is time for Sometimes people think I talk like this. I'm just stalling to get the right jingle button. 
Book we need news. to get that violin re-recorded by JW for that clip. There you That's go. Right. I'll do it for you next oh, guy. Yeah. Time free, that would guys. be awesome. Thank you. you. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with this one sent in to us by a Sir Jimmy, Free Hollow Books on Twitter. The nation's <laughs> first bookless library is set to open, and it looks like an Apple store. <laughs> So this it looks like the it looks like the deck of Steve Jobs's yacht. Yes, it does actually. It's just a bunch of IMAX. Um, I mean, don't and, they call that a server farm? I yeah, it actually it looks like a, a, a high class internet cafe, and uh, it's in San Antonio, Texas, I believe. Yes, Bibliotech will occupy a prototype location on San Antonio's south side. They say uh, it's this is a private uh, library too. It's not part of the public system. Uh, and the quote from Mr. Wolf, who is part of uh, the Bibliotheque, it's not a replacement for the city library system. It's an enhancement. <laughs> I don't know. Right away, I'm thinking, oh, no. I just like the name, Bibliotheque. I mean, there's, oh. I, I don't like the idea of, of a private company getting into direct competition with libraries because it sounds like they're going to start charging. I mean, I just, the, the whole thing about libraries, it's a communal place where you gather, uh, uh, take a look, Book Eyes Show. I, I did a the future of libraries and change, whatever. Look it up on uh, it's one of our episodes. I don't know which episode number, but uh, the future of libraries. I did talk to a lot of the people in the library industry, and the library really is becoming more of a uh, a place to congregate, to share ideas, uh, and yeah, you can still get your eBooks and whatnot. But this looks like an antiseptic, like the worst like sci-fi place you could ever be. Okay, it's, but I don't get so what what what's in it? I don't understand what's in it. Now, picture a long uh long bar with stools and in front of each stool is an iMac. That's what the place looks like. It looks like an Apple store. It, it does not look like a place where people can, you know, hang out and share books or study. It's just it's so cold and antiseptic. I don't know if that's the way they're going for it. I mean, this looks like something that I think can be done online. Okay, it, that's a stupid concept, and I think my green feet would sell much better. <laughs> Thank <Absolutely>. you. <laughs> I, I just, I just have one question, and that is to Sir Jimmy: um, How do you hollow out an ebook? <laughs> Caref- carefully, very carefully. <laughs> yes, carefully. That's all I got. Yeah, it's going to kill. Them. It's going to kill it. Kill the business. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, huge supporter of our local public library system. And um, you know they, I, I do a lot with them with their website in terms of managing the account, looking for books, renewing. Now, now in, in Central all Ohio, that, doing some technical things. Can but, you also download uh, directly from the site in, in Central Ohio, like you can here in Toronto, kind of thing? Uh, we e-books? can. They, they can. They have a couple of systems for that. For <laughs> nice <laughs> for books doing that. You can even download. Uh, you can download some audio. E- E audio books as well. I have not done that. I'm, I, I'm I see old. people at the local library like just cheating the system. They walk in with their MacBook Pros, flip it open, take out thirty CDs, sit there loading them into their i iMatch account or whatever what's it called, uh, iCloud Match. Then they bring them back. I like to take out another so what's twenty. What's the name please. of that place again? Freehollowbooks.com. <laughs> that is not that was <laughs> your <laughs> website, Jimmy. You're messing with me. All right, so what's the name of that? It's Bibliotech. Bibliotech. And it's going to be in San okay. Antonio. I'm going to put a link to this uh, story on the website. Okay, so it's from Texas. And why are they using a French word? So they sound really cheesy and redneck. That's the first thing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's Spanish. Bibliotech is uh Well, Bibliotech is also uh, in French, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a library. library. 
So if they called it something different for what it was, I think it'd be a cool concept. Don't, but don't call it a, a library in French or Spanish. Don't I, call it a library. <laughs> I just I can't see anything in this picture uh, that can't be done online. I mean, if you're only going to go there, be a solid, single solitary person, have no contact with your neighbor there, and just plug in your iPhone, why can't you do this online? This is uh, don't invest in it, folks. I mean, I can't tell you what to invest in or not. I'm just saying. No, oh, they're trying to keep out the riffraff. Actually, you know what? I can tell you what to invest in and don't invest in this. Do they sell drinks <laughs> while you go there? there? Now we're talking. Now you're talking. There you go. Now if they had a little bar with that, maybe. Uh, I, you know, that's why I got an iMac because uh, I was having very you know, bad trouble with uh, MacBooks because I can spill my drink into them. Oh, Padre's got a glowing cup. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> my cup gloweth over. Hey, Britain, moving on, moving on. Britain, will the kids love it? McDonald's is swapping Happy Meal toys for books across the UK. 15 million books in England over the next two years instead of toys. And I, I happen to know a lot of children that really love and enjoy books because their parents have uh, instilled that love in them and uh, they can pick up a book and enter a world. You know, like um, Jordi LaForge, our friend LeVar Burton, said last week, <laughs> the top of the show, a book can take you anywhere. But uh, I don't see this flying in Canada or United States. Because, <laughs> like, where's my friggin' toy? <laughs> and you know what? Isn't that sad? Isn't, I mean, I, I would love for this to just take off and be the thing that, that just, uh, you know, brings people back to McDonald's, I mean, as, as weird as that says. But you but know, it, could, it could take off. I don't agree. It could take off. They just need more. They're not there. They're halfway there. Right. They need another concept with that, and they'd have it. Now, uh, Alistair McCrow, who's a McDonald's vice president, uh, said they, they had a pilot uh, program like this, and uh, results have been overwhelmingly positive. He says that 9 out of 10 parents who uh, had any contact with McDonald's loved the idea and uh, want to see more. And they have 1,200 branches in the UK. The, the only sad thing about this is for your kid to get those books, they're eating McDonald's. <laughs> nice. Minor technicality. <laughs> yeah, you can have a fat, smart kid. That's okay. God bless them all. <laughs> Get them some sugared apples and whole milk. They'll be all right. That's go. right. Here's your, you know, that's, you know, that's the whole thing about McDonald's. Here's your healthy apple. We'll cut into slices for you, put it in a plastic bag, and throw a big chunk of corn sugar in right beside it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of corn sugar, Dan Brown is uh, coming out with a new novel. Do, does anybody care? <laughs> uh, okay, what's this one now? It's called Inferno. It's going to be published in May. And I believe it is based on Dante. <laughs> no. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm, I'm going to say it's going to try to encapsulate some sort of scandalous past from the church. I'm just, I'm just, you know, <laughs> probably <laughs> it's got to totally upset, upset someone. <laughs> I've just got a hunch. I just got a hunch. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to make my prediction. It's going to sell a million copies first day, like every one of his other books. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Could be interesting. He's got the name now, so Eight just name sells exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's bro. been a while since he's done a book. There's a. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure he's top of everybody's mind. I don't know. Now, be is he going to gonna use? Is, is this a continuation? Is he going to use the same universe, or is this a, as a standalone? I believe it is a standalone. There's not much uh, out here about it. There's not much information here. Uh, I'm taking this info from the National Post here in Canada. And uh, all we know is Dante. It revolves around Dante's Inferno, and it's called Inferno. So uh, who knows? Maybe he's going to find some way to piss off all the religions in this one. 
And I have a little bit of news here in... Comic books, comic books, comic books. All-female X-Men? Yes. Yes. <laughs> young That'd boys, young adults around the world rejoice. A comic book filled with young <laughs> female X-Men. This looks interesting. There you go. Uh, Marvel just announced the April launch of the new X-Men comic book, written by Brian Wood and drawn by Olivier Corpiel. Does he name uh, uh, ring any? Twenty thirteen. We would call them the X people. The X people. Okay. See. See. I'm a, <laughs> I, like. I'll, I'll read a graphic novel, comic book, and all I know is the, the Spider Man's in it, and I enjoy the story, and I have no idea who read it, or I'm, I'm sure I'm not that atypical of a, you know, the casual comic book reader. I don't know who drew it. The pictures are nice. It's you know well drawn. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, the the team is all female. The cast includes franchise all stars like Storm, Rogue, Kitty Pride, and Psylocke, uh, along with Rachel Gray, also known as Rachel Summers, also known as the Phoenix. Except not the Phoenix you're thinking of. <laughs> and Wait, she, wasn't whatever. Storm in the last ones? <laughs> yeah, she Storm. was. That yeah. was a Halle Berry. Yeah. So uh, this looks interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, think about movies. Christ, they could make a fantastic movie out of this. Why not? Sorry, Padre. That Christ. <laughs> Christ likes the X Men. <laughs> uh, ebooks use and interest rising among kids. There you go. Next page. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Why do people publish these stories? Obviously, ebooks are rising. Kids. Walking around with iPads all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, every semester I get a few more students who ask, can I get the e-version of this textbook? Oh, yes. And it's usually, sure, but... Yeah. You know, get, I mean, some I of the e-books are cheaper than photocopying your friend's textbook. It costs you 30 <laughs> which, bucks to, which, you know... Which is what I usually recommend, correct? Yes. Oh. No. <laughs> so that's, that's that actually... Which we um, do not condone. We do not condone. There was a, we uh, just a keynote... Keynote speech I was watching about textbooks, and uh, the gentleman did say that uh, the day that ebook textbooks take over the market is the day they're cheaper than photocopying your friend's textbook. Because people, I'd say all the time, every college library, university library, guy, poor guy standing there, one page at a time. Mirror, 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 mirror. Uh, although I did have some friends in college who uh, finally figured out that they could just all pitch in, buy one book, have the, uh, the spine guillotined off. And then you could put it into the auto load feeder. Into the, <laughs> so. I think it'd be easier just, you know, the auto load, that's cool. But, you know, instead of photocopying, snap it with your 8 gig, uh, you know, camera on your iPhone, man. Those things didn't exist back then. <laughs> A camera oh, weighed well. 30 pounds and it went in your backpack. Uh, Canadian readers may have to cross the border to buy the new Scientology expose. Uh, Lawrence writes, going clear, Scientology, Hollywood and the prison of belief. Does not have a Canadian distributor. Apparently, Random House Canada wanted nothing to do with uh, Scientology suing them or stalking them or assassinating them and will not be printing it in Canada. So uh, I'm glad that I got my new uh, proxy service. <laughs> VPN, Padre? I'll get you one. No problem. I'll hook you up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's an uh, interesting book. It, apparently, it kind of blows the lid open on this uh, uh, religion. Slash. Well, I mean, the, the lid was already blown open. I mean, this just brings out yeah, a couple more Tom scandalous Cruise thing, issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there, apparently, there's evidently, some, uh, evidently uh, locking a couple of hundred people in a in a blackened base. Their indoctrination is yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. Apparently, they they did interviews like a fraternity. of of women to find Tom uh, Cruise a girlfriend. I mean, that's how far these people are in here. It's it's 
bad. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for the end of the show. We're now getting sued by Scientology. And by the end of the show, me. he doesn't mean just this episode. No. Know, I mean. <laughs> so if I die of the uh, you know strange illness in the next few days, it's Scientology. You gonna <laughs> hang yourself in your hot tub with the cover on it? So the way I'm going to get this book is I'm going to use my VPN, pretend I'm in the United States of America, go to Amazon, and buy it as if I were American. And uh, Padre, uh, Netflix, you guys, you guys forced me into this. I'm not sure if this is... Is this illegal or am I in the gray area? Because Netflix allows you to travel. So the Netflix account does allow you to go to the United States, log into a computer, and boom, now you're using United States Netflix. So, yeah, I can answer this, Paul. I think you're in the plaid area. Okay. We're in a plaid <laughs> sort of zone here. So the, the service I use, and it's workingly great. I'm just going to give them a plug. What, what the hell? Uh, unblock-us.com. And they charge $5 a month. They'll give you a one-week uh, trial. So now I have access to U.S. Netflix, Hulu Plus, all those good things you guys have. Enjoy it while it lasts, like uh, TV links and Napster and all those things that have gone. But this is still, like, this is all uh, region code laws. You know, like back in the day when they came out with VHS and DVDs, because they sell uh, Dark Knight Returns or whatever, Batman Returns in India for $3, because that's all they can afford, they didn't want Indian DVDs to be able to play in a North American DVD player. That's how this all came about. So they could still charge you $29 but charge a buck fifty for it in China, uh, but apparently none of that stuff ever works. We've broken all that. It's all been yeah. hacked. But this is still very much a gray area in the law because although they have been able to do this in the past, where they could charge more for a DVD in the United States than they do in India, there hasn't really been any specific laws that protect their their right to do so. So the fact that you're logging in via a uh, a proxy server in Canada that makes it look like you're coming out of the United States. Right. Well, that's actually what's happening. You are coming out of the United States. It's just routing you over to Canada. Uh, and so until we have laws that specifically say it is illegal for you to access content outside of your geographically restricted region, which we're not going to have, then, uh, yeah, I'd say stream away. And you know what I got it for? <laughs> just so I can watch Doctor Who. <laughs> and I'm... And I'm pretty sure Netflix has just bought a thousand drones. So, oh. but don't worry about that. <laughs> there you go. No, no big deal. <laughs> so, I think we have an episode title. It's uh, Green Feet Picking Tomatoes. You're so funny. <laughs> I want green feet. I, I'm, we'll do. We'll go green I feet. I just tell you, green episode. feet would sell. We'd it make would. millions. I would be so down with that. What green? about picking fried green feet tomatoes? Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Very nice. JW, thank you so much for joining us. You guys are wonderful. It's a treat. You've got a great show. Thank you very much. We don't hear that often enough. Oh, you're <laughs> we don't, a lot of we fun. don't hear that, period. <laughs> we don't hear that. You need to bring in some more females, though. It needs Especially to be not some ladies. We, we, we do. We do need to bring more uh, ladies on the show, and uh, we got to get our book girls going. You know, we lost all our book girls. Got to find more book girls. Enough book girls. Book gals. Book gals. Book gals. <laughs> So, JW, thank you so much. Picking Tomatoes, it's on my to-read list. Uh, we will check that out. And pickintomatoes.com. We'll put a note in the show notes. Links in the show notes. Yes, sir. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is the time of the show when the Thanks, music guys. plays. And we say we'll see you next week. Next week, we got one of the animators. 
from The Simpsons is going to be joining us and talking all about how The Simpsons is made. That'll be fun. We'll have Bill Meeks will be on as well. And Padre will be back dancing. Oh, we got to do video show. Got to do a video show just for the dancing. Padre's dancing is worth the price of admission. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sir Jimmy, Professor Allen, Padre. See you next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Thank you.